and blotted the spittle from her lips with a tissue. Nimble fingers lifted the framed photo beside the phone on the bedside table. Oh, she'd been so pretty, this young mother, holding her baby. Claudia. That was the daughter's name, wasn't it? The night walker put the picture down, closed the patient's eyes, and placed what looked to be small brass coins, smaller than dimes, on each of Jessie Falk's eyelids. The small discs were embossed with a caduceus, two serpents entwined around a winged staff, the symbol of the medical profession, a whispered goodbye blended with the sibilance of tires speeding over the wet pavement five stories below on Pine Street. Good night, princess. Part One Malice Aforethought Chapter Three I was at my desk, sifting through a mound of case files, eighteen open homicides to be exact, when Yuki Castellano, attorney at law, called on my private line. My mom wants to take us to lunch at the Armani Cafe, said the newest member of the Women's Murder Club. You've got to meet her, Lindsay. She can charm the skin off a snake, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Now, let me see. What should I choose? Cold coffee and tuna salad in my office? Or a tasty Mediterranean luncheon, say carpaccio over arugula with thin shavings of parmesan and a glass of Merlot, with Yuki and her snake-charming mom. I neatened the stack of folders, told our squad assistant, Brenda, that I'd be back in a couple of hours, and left the Hall of Justice with no need to be back until a staff meeting at three. The bright September day had broken a rainy streak in the weather, and was one of the last glory days before the dank autumn chill would close in on San Francisco. It was a joy to be outside. I met Yuki and her mother, Keiko, in front of Saks, in the upscale Union Square shopping district out by the Golden Gate Panhandle. Soon we were chattering away as the three of us headed up Maiden Lane toward Grant Avenue. You girls too modern, Keiko said. She was as cute as a bird, tiny, perfectly dressed, and quaffed shopping bags dangling from the crooks of her arms. No man want a woman who too independent, she told us. Mom, Yuki wailed, give it a rest, will you? This is the 21st century. This is America. Look at you, Lindsay, Keiko said, ignoring Yuki, poking me under the arm. You're packing. Yuki and I both whooped, our shouts of laughter nearly drowning out Keiko's protestation that no man want a woman with a gun. I wiped my eyes with the back of my hand as we stopped and waited for the light to change. I do have a boyfriend, I said. Oh, doesn't she, though? Yuki said, nearly bursting into a song about my beau. Joe is a very handsome Italian guy, like Dad, and he's got a big deal government job, Homeland Security. He make you laugh? Keiko asked, pointedly ignoring Joe's credentials. Uh-huh. Sometimes we laugh ourselves into fits. He treat you nice? He treats me so nice, I said with a grin. Keiko nodded approvingly. I know that smile, she said. You find a man with a slow hands. 
Again, Yuki and I burst into hoots of laughter, and from the sparkle in Keiko's eyes, I could tell that she was enjoying her role as Mama Interrogator. When you got a ring from this, Joe? And that's when I blushed. Keiko had nailed it with a well-manicured finger. Joe lived in Washington, D.C. I didn't. Couldn't. I didn't know where our relationship was going. Uh, we're not at the ring stage yet, I told her. You love this Joe? Big time, I confessed. He love you? Yuki's mom was looking up at me with amusement when her features froze as if she'd turned to stone. Her lively eyes glazed over, rolled back, and her knees gave way. I reached out to grab her, but I was too late. Keiko dropped to the pavement with a moan that made my heart buck. I couldn't believe